everybody and welcome to a new episode of Evie's Korean Drama Podcast Show. My name is Evie, I'm your host, and I am a K-drama obsessive. So this is the show where I waffle on about all of the K-drama that I love. If you'd like to support the show, you can check out my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Evie Korean Drama Podcast. There you will find extra podcast episodes and updates on what I'm watching at the moment. Also, just before I get started, please be warned that I do swear a little bit on this show when I get excited. And when I'm talking about K-drama, I always get excited. Alright, so I thank you very, very much for listening and let's get on with the K-drama show. everybody and welcome to this week's episode of my K-drama podcast in which I'm not talking about K-drama. So that's not what I'm meant to be doing. Um, so hopefully listeners are okay with this. But oh my gosh, so recently I watched a Chinese drama that I have like a lot of feelings about and I feel like I really need to unload these feelings and of course you know that that's what this show is I think this show is like my my drama therapy <laughs> where I just uh unload my drama feelings on 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 you guys so I'm really sorry but that that is what's happening this week um will it happen again in the future I don't know um I have to say that before I started this podcast, I did watch a little bit of Chinese drama. Mainly, I watch Korean drama, all Korean drama, um, and pretty sure last year I don't think I even watched any C-drama at all. And I think starting this podcast really made me hone in on the K-drama because, you know, I called my podcast a K-drama podcast. I don't think I had much like forethought in it. And I've always enjoyed K-dramas. You know, that's what I've been most obsessed with for, you know, since forever, basically. Um, but I have watched Chinese dramas over the years, just definitely not in the same quantity as I do with the K-dramas. I feel like part of that might be that C-dramas, so Chinese dramas, seem to kind of they tend to be a lot longer um, and it's a big time commitment, I think, to kind of sink into a Chinese drama. And the reason that I did, because I don't normally, it's just, I think they're just so long that I'm always like, oh, it's probably really good and I'm going to get hooked and then I'm going to have to watch like a million episodes um, and not be able to help myself, um, which is exactly what happened. So I saw a drama and I was like, oh, you know, I'm at this stage with all my K-dramas where I didn't really want to start something new, but I felt like something new because because there's so many good shows about to come out, like good K-dramas, that I didn't want to start something new and then kind of want to drop it to, you know, go look at the new shiny ones that I'm so excited. Um, but they haven't aired yet, so I couldn't watch them. Uh, this is a really boring story for you guys, but whatever. Here's my, my viewing habits. Um, so I saw this Chinese drama and I was like, oh, that looks cute. That looks really nice. I want to watch that. It's only 10 episodes. Nice. I can do it. So I started watching it and I got up to episode nine and I was like, what the fuck? What, what's going on with this, this C-drama? It doesn't feel like it could 
possibly end. Like if it ends next episode, I feel like upset. Where's the rest of the drama? And then I realized that this sea drama was not only 10 episodes. It was in fact 36 episodes. But of course, by this point, I was fucking hooked. I was obsessed. I was marathoning it and I had to watch 36 episodes of drama. So I did. I finished it last night as I record this. <laughs> um, and I was obsessed and I love it and it was great. And hence, hence me doing this as a episode of my K-drama podcast instead of what I had initially planned to do. So I've swapped it around, but whatever. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> I really hope it's all right. Um, it does make me wonder, though, because... So, like I said, I haven't watched a heap of Chinese drama, um, but the few dramas that I have watched, I feel like have really made an impression on me, like very hugely. The ones that I've watched to the end, you know, and not dropped or anything, I have really, really, really loved and felt really, really addicted to. And it kind of makes me wonder, like, I feel like the whole reason that I'm a little bit reticent of going down and watching more Chinese dramas is just because I feel like, do I have time in my life <laughs> to be obsessed with something else? I don't know. I don't know if I do, but who knows? Maybe, maybe every now and then in the future, maybe I'll, I'll pop in an episode um, on a Chinese drama. And if you are, you know, only here for the K dramas, you can skip, or maybe you can listen and you might find something else interesting that you might like to give a go to. So anyway, I'll get on with this because this is what's happening. <laughs> All right. So what I thought, so the drama that I've been obsessed with lately that I just, just 36 episodes, absolutely marathoned it, uh, is called A River Runs Through It. So A River Runs Through It is a 2021 Chinese youth romance drama. So anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a little while knows that youth dramas, romance dramas, like high school dramas or college campus stuff, like I fucking love it. I cannot get enough of it. And I know it's you know, it's similar themes each time, it's similar tropes each time, it's investigating the same ideas around growing up and coming of age and figuring out who you want to be. And I honestly just cannot get enough of these kind of shows. Like, you know, obviously if I'm in the right mood for it, because I love darker stuff too. I love all, you know, that that kind of adult or whatever, the other kind of stuff too. Um, but this is a genre that it just really works for me and I find them you know, if you're kind of maybe just wanting something sweet and moving and enjoyable and like really heavy on the romance, then I feel like these sort of, you know, youth dramas just deliver um, for me anyway, personally. <laughs> so that's why I picked it up. I was just like, oh, this looks like a nice little, you know, little small 10 episode cutesy romance drama about you know, people growing up, which I love. So, and it, I did, I loved it. It was amazing. So what I thought I'd do though, uh, for this episode, because this is a little bit different, um, it's kind of interesting. There's two other Chinese dramas that I have watched over the past few years. So not recently, and I can't like fully remember them to go into them in like massive depth, but I kind of feel like this one that I just watched and those other two older ones just feel like this weird little trio for me, 
just because they're the only ones I've watched, I guess. Um, but they all have like so many similarities. And I guess they're all these kind of, um, you know, like youth coming of age stories. So I thought what I might do today is kind of do a quick sort of spoiler free overview of each of those dramas, one after the other. Just talking about my experiences and, and why I like them and kind of what I think, you know, was going on with them. Um, and then I might hop into kind of a deeper dive of um, the one that I just finished, the Chinese drama A River Runs Through It, and kind of give you guys a little bit of a setup and talk about the stuff that I loved. But I will keep it uh, spoiler free, all of that. So if you're kind of wondering if you might like to watch them and you haven't, then I mean, I'm going to try and keep it spoiler free. <laughs> hmm, not very good at that normally, but I am going to try. I'm going to try really hard. Um, and then what I'll do is before I go into the stuff that I didn't love quite as much, like I normally do on my kind of drama deep dives, um, and talk about the ending, I will let you guys know so that anyone who doesn't want to be spoiled, um, can drop off if you haven't seen it. And I guess I'm just making an assumption here that maybe a lot of listeners haven't seen these, like, but at the same time, I do know that a lot of listeners probably, you know, maybe they watch a lot more, you know, wider than I do um, and trying out a lot of different Asian dramas from different countries um, that I guess I haven't. And, you know, I know for a fact that I definitely have listeners who have watched a lot more Chinese drama than me, for sure, which is probably... <laughs> It's probably because uh, they keep suggesting really good sounding ones for me to watch. And, and I think finally, finally, maybe I'm taking a step in that direction. Who knows? Who knows? Um, Liliana, I am <laughs> looking at you. <laughs> she keeps telling me about really, really cool sounding shows. So who knows? Who knows? Um, we'll see what happens. But anyway, this is what's going to happen today. So I'm going to start with a little overview of three kind of youth romance Chinese dramas that I have really, really, really loved. Okay, so the first Chinese drama that I'm going to talk about is called A Love So Beautiful. So this Chinese drama is from 2017 and was remade into a K-drama in, I want to say 2020, I think, like a very, from what looked to me, a very gentle youth drama. I think I watched five minutes of it and was, I don't know, in the wrong mood. But also, I did love the Chinese version of this. I love So Beautiful. Um, but I don't know if I was really in to watch that same story again. <laughs> I totally shipped the wrong, the wrong, like the main girl with the wrong guy. And um, this, this was actually pretty painful <laughs> for me. If I'm honest. Um, so A Love So Beautiful, the Chinese original one uh, from 2017 is 23 episodes. And it weirdly, I feel like all these three Chinese dramas have such kind of similar things going on. Although I think the one I recently watched was a little bit of a twist on it. So A Love So Beautiful features, you know, um, kind of a klutzy, sort of clueless, young, teeny tiny female lead who's very very clueless and klutzy, but also very adorable. Um, so you do really like her. Um, and she has a neighbor who is, you know, super tall and, you know, kind of cold and handsome and really, really smart. And she is just completely in love with him. She spends all her time, you know, this is an interesting thing. I really like, I quite like the unrequited love kind of thing, but that's an interesting thing. Sometimes I think I don't like it, actually, because I probably 
like when I think about romance and romance stories, I tend to lean towards the romances where the guy has an unrequited crush on her and is chasing her. Whereas this one is definitely like she has this mad unrequited crush on, you know, her next door neighbor. And basically it's like that, you know, the K-drama Playful Kiss or also known, I think, as Mischievous Kiss, which was based on a Japanese uh, drama, manga, movies, you know, thing. (laughs) Very popular story, that one. So it has that kind of vibe where he's just real cold. And every time she comes up to him, you know, just adoringly and very goofily trying to, you know, tell him how much she loves him. He's just like, fuck off. Except, you know, not like that because it's like PG or whatever. (laughs) But yeah, I don't know. And the whole drama is really like that. Um, So A Love So Beautiful has a, you know, it has a love triangle in it. And this dude turns up to their school um, and he is, you know, he's warm and sweet and nice and he's a sports kind of a dude. And I just really liked him because he just sort of immediately is really warm and nice. And him and the female lead have like a real bickering kind of thing, which is something that I really, really enjoy in romances. Like, so I think this is an interesting one because as I'm talking about the plot to A Love So Beautiful, I can already see you know, why maybe, so it's funny, I'm saying it didn't fully, fully work for me, but I loved it when I was watching it. Like I just marathoned the whole thing. I loved the whole thing. It's just that I didn't love the ending because she picked the guy that I didn't love. And it's pretty obvious who she's going to end up with because he is the male lead in the story. Um, And it's very obvious that he is. But yeah, I just, I just don't go for those like real cold dudes who are just like mean all the time, I guess. I don't know. Um, And I think for me, I don't know, maybe it's because I had hope that she would actually pick the other dude. Anyway, I'm just going on about the love triangle now. (laughs) But A Love So Beautiful was really good. And I think it does kind of delve into all three of these dramas really do like those themes around maybe feeling inadequate at school, feeling like you're behind in terms of your studies, all these pressures about the future and all the intricacies of, you know, friendship and romance in this age when you're growing up. And this is the very first time you've experienced those things. And so they're so heightened. Um, So I really, really, really loved it. Like I enjoyed this one so much. I think it's quite... I want to say it's quite tropey and very, very fun and just really, really easy to watch. Um, so I'm going to move on now to this other one that I watched. Uh, so this this next drama is another Chinese youth romance drama, but this one's from 2018 and it is called When We Were Young. So I was so fascinated when I picked this one up. This was a couple of years ago. I mean, I guess it was like in 2018 or something. I don't even know. Um, so this one's 24 episodes. And I was so fascinated when I picked it up because it is literally <laughs> the exact same fucking story as A Love So Beautiful. Like it is the same story. So we have, except that it's set in the 90s, but we have, you know, a klutzy, not very good at schoolwork female lead who's adorable and yet, you know, a little bit silly. Um, and she has a neighbor who is a cold sundry type who's really good at his studies who she's completely like except I think in this one she's not into him I think he has a very quiet crush on her but doesn't ever like do anything about it and then you know this other dude comes into her life who's like a real actually I did think this was really interesting so this the guy who comes into her life you really kind of feel in this one 
that you can't tell which one's main male lead and which one's second male lead. And I think it kind of subverts kind of the, the tropey genre expectations a little bit in that this guy turns up at the school and he's, you know, he's loud and brash and stuff. And so you think he's going to be playing this kind of the bad boy, I suppose. But in the end, you kind of cut through that and you realize that he's extremely good at his schoolwork. He's extremely smart. He's very dedicated. And he's actually like really, really thoughtful and really, really kind. Um, so that was really interesting. Um, so I have to say that out of uh, A Love So Beautiful and this one, which is called When We Were Young, I, I did actually enjoy When We Were Young more. I think this one was beautiful, like really beautiful, like very poignant slice of life kind of stuff to the point where they were saying quotes and ideas about living and living well and living positively that I was like literally writing down because I was like, wow, I should like print that out and put it on my wall, <laughs> like quotes to live by. It was really, really beautiful. And I think kind of a funny thing to say but I think people you know when they talk about the Studio Ghibli films and I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before so forgive me but um you know that idea of showing people diligently living or cleaning or cooking or studying and how there's this like beauty to it and like when you slow down and, and you think about these things and you can see what a positive thing they are you know and I feel like this drama really really taps into that there's so much around you know, diligently studying to try and, you know, make it so that your dreams can be true and also caring for your friends, like in this really deep way that you want to help them when they're going through tough times. Because one of the boys in this is, um, you know, he comes from quite a poor background and he needs a bit of help. And so I thought this one was really, really beautiful. And I think a little bit more subtle, like there's still like a love triangle, but I think it's a little bit quieter. The romance in this one's a little bit quieter, but it's still definitely there the whole way through. But I do feel like this one's a lot less tropey than A Love So Beautiful. And also A Love So Beautiful kind of charts the main characters through high school and through like uni and then beyond. Um, but when we were young, actually from memory, it actually finishes when they graduate high school and it's the most beautiful bittersweet ending like I really really loved it because it felt so real and true to life and inspiring and, and it's like positive but there's this bitterness to it as well which I felt felt so real to you know, the real world. So yeah, I found this one really emotionally touching and a really beautiful story. And I really, really liked the romance in it too, even though it's much less in your face and like shouty <laughs> or like jealousy shouty or just uh, craziness that I think I love so beautiful kind of leans more into the tropey stuff, which I'm not dissing. I totally love tropey stuff. Um, so when we were young, I definitely kind of I definitely suggest if you want to try one of these youth dramas, this one's a beautiful one to try. Also, uh, the kind of the main dude in it who, oh gosh, will I try and say his name? I can sort of pronounce Korean names, but um, I have to say that I'm not familiar, very familiar with Chinese names. His name is, the actor's name is, mm, No How. No, I'm sure that's not how you pronounce it. I'm very sorry. <laughs> anyway, he looks quite a lot like the Korean actor um, Raoon, who is currently starring in K 
king's affection, which is very good so far, by the way. Um, so this episode's really all over the place, isn't it? Um, and just to make it even more all over the place, I thought I would just, you know, I mentioned that I wrote down quotes from this drama. So I thought I would just very, very quickly read these ones out to you. <laughs> You're probably like, why is she doing this? Well, I am. So buckle up. <laughs> All right, so um, one of the quotes, this one was from, I've written down episode 18, so I suppose it was from episode 18 of the sea drama when we were young. Um, it goes like this. I just want to tell you that everyone lives an imperfect life. You have to first learn to accept life's injustices in order to better appreciate its beauty. I just think it's so beautiful and so like so simple right so straightforward like of course you need to accept all the bad things but then you need to move past them and appreciate the beauty that exists despite all the bad things I really love it and there was another one I wrote down um, which is the simplest way to show your love to someone is to spend time with them and I thought that was really lovely too particularly in I don't know this very fast-paced world that we live in that probably puts so much stock into you know, material things and, you know, the idea of buying presents and, you know, doing big romantic gestures. And I like the idea of like, realistically, the most important thing that you should be trying to do for the people you love is just being near them, you know? So anyway, clearly this drama made me quite, I don't know, thoughtful. <laughs> it's very beautiful. It's also set in the 90s, like I said, so it has a really nice kind of retro vibe to it. So yeah, I really, really loved this one. I highly suggest it. I think it was great. It was really good and it was satisfying. It was a really good drama. Um, so moving on to the next sea drama on my list. Uh, so this is A River Runs Through It. So this drama came out like literally two minutes ago in 2021 and it's so long. It's 36 episodes, which is just silly, like realistically. How silly. Um, I fucking loved this show. I feel obsessed with it, obsessed enough to be doing this really weird episode at you guys, but it's super good. Um, very interesting because I can't help but kind of think of all three of these as this, you know, almost like an unofficial trilogy, which they're definitely not. They're not related in any way, but they do share a lot of similarities. But I think that if the first one I mentioned, I Love So Beautiful, that one's like very tropey, very leaning into the kind of romantic hijinks. Um, and that, you know, kind of Gosh, I don't want to say Boys Over Flowers vibes because clearly that show is insane. But like this one's more leaning into I Love So Beautiful is more leaning into like hijinks and stuff. Whilst um, When We Were Young is so slice of life, but it's so subtly moving and very romantic, but in a very subtle, nuanced kind of way, I want to say. And so I think that um, this third one, from 2021, A River Runs Through It, I feel like this one's almost like an amalgamation of the two. I feel like it definitely leans into quite a lot of romantic tropey stuff. And particularly after the first 10 episodes, it kind of, you know, it gets really heavily invested with all these tangled love lives and all these different, you know, things that are going on with these young characters. Um, but I think it also has some of that well, it's set in the 90s, moving into the early 2000s, so it definitely has all these, like, nice sort of retro, old-school kind of vibes, which I really, really enjoyed. Um, but I think it has some of that, I don't know, focus on... 
it doesn't fully feel slice of life, but focus on these important moments of friendship and what friendship means. And there's something like a little bit beautiful and nuanced, I think, to the way that it's kind of talking about all these experiences that, you know, at the beginning of the drama, these teens are going through. So I found this one really beautiful. And I think I would probably have to like say, I found it really charming. I think charming is such a good word for this drama. And I feel that for a lot of it, I was kind of just like watching it with a smile on my face because it's so, it's just so lovely to watch. Like it's really wholesome and nice and satisfying and I just yeah I really really fucking adored it um but then I feel like it also satisfied that part of me that you know I want a bit of tropey stuff I want a bit of you know bickering love triangle shit and a bit of petty jealousy and a bit of you know it's a big unrequited love sort of um you know, love line in this. And, you know, I feel like the first 10 episodes of A River Runs Through It is very much based on creating this friendship group and all these kind of teething pains of them kind of forming this very, very solid kind of little group. And then after the 10 episodes finishes, which is more like the high school years, the characters all go off and they move to, you know, on campus at college. And that's when the romance kicks in. It's like, obviously it's there earlier, it's threaded through and there's just little moments of it in these kind of forming, budding friendships. But once they end up in college, it's just like full romance all the time, which is really great for me because... I love romance. It's really, really good fun. Um, so yeah, I think, um, mm, mm, I guess, you know, should you watch it? Yes, obviously. <laughs> I think you should watch it. I think you could watch any one of these three C dramas if you felt in the mood for, you know, just one of those kind of gentle romance youth ones and something with like really leaning into the romance, but also just all those youth themes that are always, I don't know, I think they're really lovely. So if that's your jam, then definitely could watch any of them. But I guess personally, I feel like if I had to rank these, I think A River Runs Through It would probably be my favorite. And I think that's because... I think that I loved the female lead the most in this one. And I also think I loved the male lead the most as well. Although when you were, when we were young also had a really great romance in it as well. But um, A River Runs Through It definitely leans into, I feel personally, tropes that I, like that speak to me personally. So it might not be it, you know, not everyone might have the exact same reaction to this. Like this drama really has ingredients in it that work for me, which is, uh, you know, highly bickering sort of main couple that just bicker the heck out of everything. Um, and they're kind of like, you know, they're best friends as well. So they're all over each other all the time, like not even realizing how like, you know, skinship and all that kind of stuff, which I really get a kick out of that kind of thing. I love the best friends to sort of romance and he falls for her first. So like there's a lot of him pining in this drama, which I really love. And I also think the male leads sort of like character and vibes is very much like suited to me which is very like brash and bold and out there um while the sec the other guy in this is like you know he's very gentle and lovely and perfect and I don't know why I never go for those perfect ones I always go for the kind of crap ones <laughs> and the male lead in this is like you know he's he's not always the best and he makes a lot of mistakes but I think that's part of the joy is like seeing him grow and change and become a better person throughout the drama kind of because of the people around him and these friendships and this kind of 
unrequited love that really forces him to take, I think, a second look at himself. While, you know, the other guy in this, he's gentle and perfect and perfect. And then the drama ends and he's still gentle and perfect. <laughs> so that's just, I guess it's a personal thing that that one's not quite so much for me. So anyway, that was a big kind of spoiler-free blather about those three dramas. And now what I'm going to do is do a bit of a deep dive into the one that I watched most recently, which is A River Runs Through It. I'm going to tell you guys about the setup and then some stuff that I just fucking loved about this show because it was so fucking good. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to try and do a bit of a setup uh, into A River Runs Through It. Um, but quickly, I just wanted to try and talk about the cast. Uh, Again, my pronunciation is awful, so I do apologize. And also, because I'm not very familiar with Chinese dramas, um, I don't really know a lot of Chinese actors or actresses, so I won't be talking about other roles they've been in because these were all fresh faces to me. I do not, you know, I've never come across these actors before. Um, so I'm just going to probably talk about the main three because I think they're sort of in it the most, um, although it's definitely an ensemble cast, uh, which I really liked. I liked all the characters in this show. Um, so I guess the main male lead is played by a dude called Wang Ri Chang. Uh, he seems to have been in heaps of stuff, um, and he plays a character called Lu Shi Yi. Uh, he is great. I really, really liked this actor. Um, obviously he's very handsome and obviously that helped a lot <laughs> in making me watch this show to its 36 episode end. Uh, very, very handsome dude. And also really, I just think he did such a good job, like playing this very, very like loud, brash, bold, kind of boisterous dude who... <sighs> I don't know. It was very interesting, I think, seeing his progression through the drama. Although I think at the end, he sort of like, the very end, he turned a little bit <laughs> immature again, I think, a little bit. Um, but I really, really enjoyed seeing him grow and change, I think. Um, so the female lead is played by an actress called Hu Yi Xuan. I'm not sure, that's probably not how you say it. And her character's name is Xiao uh, Zhu. Uh, and then the second male lead, who's, you know, he is a second male lead, I guess. He gets less screen time, I suppose. He's played by an actor called Chen Bo Hao, and his character's name is Cheng Lung. Um, so, yeah, I really liked all the characters in this. Um, basically, we have our female lead, who is Xiao Ju. So she is in her final year of school. It's the start of the year, and her parents have moved to a whole new neighborhood in this city. So I'm not sure if she'd moved from a different part of the city or from a different city into this place but this neighborhood like it's full kind of obviously nostalgic 90s vibes there's like it's this really close-knit community and all these like little laneways and everyone's on bikes or carts or whatever there's no cars in sight um and everyone has these like little apartments around these little streets and I don't know it's just painted in this very charming way like everything looks quite run down but it's also like really lovely and I think the community vibes is like you know everywhere one of the characters walks it's like they know the granny on the street corner and they know the shop owner of this place and it's just like this sort of big family vibes and so I really really liked that I thought that was very nice and there's all these like you know signs everywhere being like you know your community is your family and like love your community and all this like real lovely stuff I don't know it was nice um so yeah very kind of fun 90s stuff in this 
Um, so Xiaoju, uh, she arrives and she is, she's not like fully, fully against it. Um, so she lives with her parents and also her younger brother. And she has a really, I really loved her relationship with her younger brother in that it felt very real to, you know, bickering siblings that sort of hate each other, but also love each other deep down underneath all of the fighting. Um, but one of, I want to say, Zhaoju's sort of main kind of, I guess, conflicts at the beginning of the drama, particularly that she really grows through. And, and it's something that keeps threading back in to sort of like, you know, wound her at different times in the story is that she feels very overlooked in her family. She feels like her mother particularly does everything for her little brother and kind of overlooks her and doesn't consider her as precious. And she like this is really deeply upsetting to her um, to the point where she, you know, she kind of feels that her parents have moved to this new neighborhood, even though potentially, you know, they clearly don't have a lot of money. This is obviously putting a bit of a financial strain and like, you know, she's kind of been told that her dad's got this great new position, but I'm not sure if it's entirely true. Like he works in construction um, and the parents are both extremely focused on their kids, um, you know, being educated and doing very well and, you know, getting to go to university because it's very clear that neither of them got that opportunity, that they're undereducated and therefore like her dad's working in a labourer role, that he doesn't really want that future for his children. So they're, you know, doing that whole thing. They're working so hard, giving everything to their kids. But of course, that puts an immense amount of pressure on her to perform well. They've also moved to this particular place and she's got into an extremely good school and so is her younger brother, um, which means, of course, that if you go to a really good school, you're more likely to get to go to a really good university. But Xiaoju is like she has a suspicion that this is really for her brother's sake and not for hers, because as far as she can see, she's in her final year of high school. She's you know got one year left or less than before she has to do her college entrance um, exams, which is this huge like future deciding moment and they've uprooted her you know she's in a different environment with different teachers and she has no friends and it's like you know that's hugely disruptive in your final year of school when all you're meant to be doing is studying and preparing and on top of this she realizes pretty quickly at the new school that the curriculum at this place is different to her old school because this is a better school they're teaching in a different way and the kids are much more advanced than the level that she's at so she is struggling to the point where the teachers like you know if you want to even get through the college you know exams we think you need to like you need to leave the school and go back to your old one so it's really really hard for her and i really I don't know. I loved this female lead. I thought the actress was amazing. I loved her so much. She's so pretty, but she's so like so charming and just like filled with energy. I really, really liked her. Very charismatic. I guess that's the word I'm looking for, but very like cute as well, but like really, really likable. Um, and this character, I don't know, I guess was very relatable um, in these kind of experiences that she's going through and these sort of emotional conflicts with her parents and this this feeling of not being as precious to her mom as she wants to be and always being overlooked. And, you know, I just, I really liked it. And then on top of that, this whole thing at school where 
you know, it's so depressing for her, this idea that she might be going to fail out. And she's got all this sort of pressure on her at home where they're like, you know, we've moved here for you. Like, this is for you. Like, can't you even study? Like, you know, what's going, you know, and she has to just really step up, like really quickly in the drama. She's sort of at a point where she's like, all right, well, I'm not going to leave because she can see what her parents have sacrificed to get her into the school, particularly her dad, and she can't bear to to give up, I suppose. Um, and I really liked it. It was very, I don't know, I think I thought she was going to kind of wallow in this really sad place that she was in. Like, fair enough. Like, I, I totally got why she was so upset. I wasn't thinking she was being indulgent or anything. But I really thought that that sort of thing was going to last for a lot longer where she's, you know, I don't want to say a pity party because that sounds so negative. Um, she had reason to pity herself in this point. But um, she really just, like, forces herself back up onto her feet very, very quickly, um, which was impressive. Like, so I feel like the drama really sets her up as this very strong kind of individual from the very start and I really really liked her so um, there's lots of hijinks as well so um, I'm basically like I think the first day they're moving in like her and her family uh, her dad comes down and he's got like this big random stick of like I guess like firecrackers and I think it's it's obviously like you know a moving in tradition and she's trying to light them but she's really scared because they're gonna like you know go off in her face so she gets her dad to do it and she's holding the end of the stick and when they go off she freaks out and she kind of like whips this big stick of like firecrackers in every direction and of course at this exact moment these two boys who are you know in her class at school but she doesn't know this yet who live in the neighborhood they both live like you know literally across from her house in different apartments so this is um, the male lead, Lu Xiyi, and also Cheng Lung. Uh, so Cheng Lung is, you know, the very gentle, quiet, perfect one with amazing school, like, you know, school grades and stuff like that. And he's just perfect and so nice. Um, and he is, he's lovely. And then Lu Xiyi is just like the one who's just, I don't know gonna scream at you and kick you but also you really like him doesn't that sound weird <laughs> I mean it's that kind of like oh, very I don't know recognizable I suppose immaturity thing of being just boisterous and loud and just sort of very like pokey and teasy I'm really not selling him but he's great he's really really likable and I really liked him but I love that these two boys um so Lu Xiyi and Cheng Lung are best friends but they're absolute opposites like Cheng Lung is so responsible he works so hard he's very softly spoken obviously very respected by the teachers and Lu Xiyi is basically you know he's the class troublemaker he's just gets everything wrong all the time he doesn't work hard he's um I really liked his relationship with his parents too everyone has great parents in this and really like well realized family relationships and emotion you know stuff going on with their parents um, but anyway, so these two boys turn up on their like bikes and immediately Xiao Zhu like flicks this like weird firecracker thing and it gets wrapped around Lu Xiyi's bike seat and basically blows him up. So he ends up like, you know, having his, as the subtitles kept saying, like his bottom blown up, which I was like, <laughs> I don't know if that's the right way to kind of say that. Um, and presumably that was, I don't know if it was a weird translation thing. <laughs> It was kind of funny. Um, so immediately they're off to a really bad sort of first first meeting in that obviously he is blaming her quite a lot, but clearly quite smug about the fact that he gets to, you know, 
kind of blame her, I suppose, and teasing her about it a lot. Like, so it's kind of one of those relationships immediately. That's this very bickering, like love to hate, as in like they're having a kind of, well, it's definitely on his side, at least he's having a great time sort of, you know, bickering with her. Um, so yeah, a, a bad f- first impression. Uh, but meanwhile, Xiao Zhu, like, you know, when the firecrack is going off, off or whatever, she kind of like, you know, falls a little bit as heroines tend to do in these kind of dramas and falls into Cheng Lang's arms. And it's just like immediately from this moment, he catches her and, you know, he's so perfect and pretty. And she's just like, oh my gosh, I love you. Um, but that stuff really like, it takes about 10 episodes for her to, you know, I just think in her first, like her last year at school, her first year at school at this new place, she's just, she's super busy. So <laughs> she thinks about him every now and then, but like, it's very friendship focused for the first 10 episodes, which is quite lovely actually. Um, so, uh, Xiaoju goes to school for, you know, her first sort of day and is really excited to see she's in the same class as Cheng Lung. Um, and then Lu Xiyi sort of crawls through the window cause he's late and he's, you know, just bad at everything. And, um, you know, they realize they're in the same class and immediately, you know, like she's walking down the hall with like a really like boiling water in a little I don't know, a little flask or whatever. And she trips. And of course, the boiling water goes all over Lucie's bum again. So he gets like, you know, first of all, blown up and then now burnt on his bum. So they really don't like each other very much, but it's very funny. And Lucie is best friends with Cheng Lung, who Xiaoju is sort of starting to hang around a little bit. So there's a lot of kind of bickering and conflict and just very like silly, sort of immature, petty kind of stuff. But it's really fun and really charming, all of it. And none of it's like... I don't know, it never goes like too far with all the hating on each other stuff. It's actually just quite, quite fun. And then um, eventually, like after sort of just deciding they both detest each other and hate each other and just at each other's throats for like, you know, ages, um, they, Lushiyi, really for whatever reason, <laughs> there's this race that he has to win. He has to win this race. And it turns out that Xiaoju is like a super fast runner. So she's literally the only option that he can ask to be on this team that he's already got like Cheng Lang and a few other people on. And of course, this is the point where he has to suddenly follow her around the school, begging her to be part of his little racing team and trying to be nice to her and trying to figure out what it even means to be nice to her and thoughtful, which, you know, he's really bad at. So it's quite funny seeing all his ridiculous attempts to like try and get her on his team. Um, And eventually she sort of agrees, but there's this really great moment where, I, I don't know, I just really liked how the drama handled that progression from them really hating each other's guts in this very fun bickering way to like the first little inkling of like trust between them. And I think it's from a writing perspective, like writing that kind of relationship progression, like how do you get two characters that like really don't like each other, but also, you know, they don't have an ounce of connection or trust. Like all he does is make fun of her, like any chance that he has. Like, how do you turn that into something like a little bit deeper in terms of a friendship foundation? And it was really, I really liked it. Like, um, because he's been slightly nicer to her, trying to get her on his team and stuff. And then eventually 
Um, I think Lu Shi Yi gets his, like, I don't know, his Discman, his Walkman taken away from, or, like, his Game Boy or something at school. And so he decides to break into, you know, the principal's office or whatever to go get it back. And he does this during, like, a lunch break when there's no one around. Um, but, of course, you know, the door's opening and he has to climb out the window and then he's basically, like, hanging off the second-story building on this drain pipe, holding, like, his Game Boy, and the teacher is walking right towards him and about to see him. Um, and so... Xiaoju sees this and there's this whole thing where she's like oh should she just leave him like he's obviously going to get in so much trouble like really epic level of trouble should she just like who cares she doesn't like him anyway but then eventually you know she she decides to help him and so she goes and distracts the teacher and makes up some silly story and so it's like this this moment of her sort of I guess reaching out to do something really nice that could potentially get her in a lot of trouble and she makes up some crazy story about how like um all these buns that she's buying like these bread buns she's buying it are all for her they're not for other people or some crazy stuff and she ends up having to eat them all in front of the teacher and of course there's a lot of buns and then um you know, Lucy kind of comes down and saves her or whatever and makes up some other mad story that the teacher sort of barely believes. And then, you know, they have their kind of first moments of sort of kind of friendship, I suppose. And then she like, I don't know, she spews up on him, of course. <laughs> I thought that only happened in K-dramas, but it happens in C-dramas too, apparently. <laughs> I really liked it. It's good fun. And then after that, it's like these tentative moments of initial friendship. And then it's like they still bicker all the time, but there is like a foundation of caring underneath it, which, you know, just, you know, I guess, grows more and more solid as the show goes onwards. And then, um, you know, they get through this final year of school and a lot of that's like about, you know, having the courage to go after what you want, having the courage to choose your future for yourself instead of just what your parents want or, you know, struggling with really not knowing what you want or for Chenglang, you know, really missing an opportunity to get into the course that he wanted, which is devastating because he's so clever. He does have the marks, but, you know, something happens beyond his control. So everyone kind of gets these really lovely kind of characterizations and these moments for these, like, you know, changes with them. And whenever one of them is, you know, having a really hard time, the other's bend around them. Um, and Xiaoju also has a best friend that's a girl um, and her name's Le Tao. I really liked her as well. And she's kind of just hovers around in the background the whole time at high school. But when they go to college at university, she sort of becomes a very much more major character. And I really liked her as well. Um, and yeah, it's like the friendships is really, really nice. And I think it's built in this way where... I don't know. It's really charming to see them all get to know each other. All so different, you know? And I think the way that Xiaoju is when she's with different people is very different. Like, realistically, Lu Xi, you know, he's terrible because he's so, like, bickering and teasing and making fun of her. And he really brings out probably the worst in her in a lot of ways. But it's very cute just watching them bicker the whole time. And then, you know, school finishes and they go on this, this trip to the ocean, which, again, I just loved it. But this is the point. Like, that's the point where things start to change. And Xiaoju begins to recognize and realize to herself, like maybe admit to herself that she really likes Chenglong and she has always really liked him basically since that first moment that she saw him. And of course, Chenglong, as far as we know, like he's so kind to her that there's moments where you're like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe he likes her. Like he's very, he's just a kind person. He's very gentle and thoughtful. Um, but of course, this is the point where Lu Shiyi also begins to 
I think he doesn't realize it yet, but he be- he's obviously having feelings for Xiaoju and he's liking her, but also because he's this very immature boy whose whole, you know, his whole vibes with her is to just tease her and never say anything nice. So it's not like he changes the way that he acts or he begins to act really nicely to her, but, um, which is, you know, that's bad. Clearly you're not going to be able to win over the girl from your dreams if all you do is like call her names and like tug on her hair or whatever. Um, but, uh, and that's why I think, so when they get to college, Xiaoju, I'll just give you like a real brief sort of like where these things go, I guess, for the main part of the drama when, when the romance kicks in, I mean, Xiaoju is just completely into Changlong and it's this really agonizing, awkward, you know, one-sided unrequited love like it's very painful you really feel sorry for her um and it's very emotional and I think you know who out of us hasn't experienced one of these agonizing unrequited loves like I feel like it's such a common thing and I think the drama yeah just really paints it very well this this lack of courage to do anything about it or say anything about it or take action and all those missed moments and missed opportunities and how much she loves him but how much she can't do anything but also how much she reads into these moments thinking that it means that he likes her back you know she really thinks that he likes her which obviously leads to a lot of heartbreak later because Cheng Lang, in fact, when he gets to university, he sees this other nice girl who, again, I really liked her characterization. I felt like it kind of subverted my expectations. You know, she's the really pretty one. She's just completely beautiful. Um, and I really liked her characterization and where it went. And I liked that she was never, I just feel like she was, she almost played the role of like one of those, what could have been one of those evil second female leads who's so beautiful, but like, you know, just playing with everyone's hearts, except I felt like they characterized her in this, you know, she was never a villain. She was just this really lovely girl. And I really liked that all the way to the end, even though, oh, no spoilers. So anyway, I really liked her. Um, So her name in the drama is Lin Yu, uh, played by an actress called Judy Ki, a very, very beautiful actress. Um, so yeah, Xiaoju is, you know, chasing after Cheng Lung, but Cheng Lung is having this, you know, his own sort of, uh, crush, I suppose, on this other girl, Lin Yu. And meanwhile, Lu Xiyi has no idea about any of this. Like he's just, and that's what's, you know, I think it's really interesting with his character, like, um, because he really begins to like Xiaoju a lot. Like he's obviously really into her. He's only got eyes for her. Every time she comes near him, he's so pleased and he's just all over all the time. Like because they're best friends, they have like such fun sort of, uh, you know, skinship kind of stuff where if he's near, he's always grabbing her. He's always like got his arm around her shoulders. He's always like just leaning too close all the time. And she in turn, like unconsciously is always like grabbing on his arm, like pushing him here and there. And like, just, so it's very like touchy feely, which I don't know. I really like that kind of stuff when it's like best friends and it's almost like unconscious between them that they're always so close and so like intimate without them sort of realizing they are which I really I get a lot of fun out of that um but it's really interesting too because you see Lushi really really beginning to obviously care for Xiaoju in a very different way but he still has this like this arrogant confident kind of expectation that of course she'll like him and there's these moments where he's just terrible like there's this one where she's like waiting on the steps and he comes up behind her and he he kind of just like knees her in the back and you know he didn't mean to but he clearly does it too hard and she like literally falls down the stairs and then 
she's obviously like she's totally fine but instead of being like oh my gosh you know Xiaoju I'm so sorry I like I didn't mean to do that it was a huge mistake he just laughs because he thinks it's funny because and then I was like that was the point where I was like oh like I really like them but if they actually got together now he would not treat her right like he doesn't he doesn't know how to treat her as precious at this point because he's never obviously been super interested in a girl and if he was maybe in the past like he's kind of considered really good looking and really cool and he's really confident and obviously like when he gets to uni he could probably you know if he was interested in a girl he's confident enough to just do something about it and it would probably go quite well for him because people you know think he's really handsome or whatever and so I feel like he's almost got too much like self-entitlement and too much immaturity at this point to that if they did have a relationship I'm like "Mm, I don't think it would work at all so I kind of love the fact that it gets drawn out because he's sort of like you know he's beginning to try and hit on her a little bit but he's not doing a good job about it at all and then Xiaoju is trying to get up the courage to confess to Changlong. So she does all these ridiculous things, which all backfire. And then eventually, um, and by this point, you know, Lu Xi has realized that Xiaoju likes someone, realized that she likes someone a lot and has a crush, crush on them majorly. And he, of course, thinks that it's him because he does have this like <laughs> very terrible overconfidence, um, kind of bordering on like, uh, he's not like super arrogant fully but yeah overconfident I want to say um and very like bold and brash and stuff and so there's this point where Xiaoju you know Lushi is absolutely positive that she's going to confess to him at some point and he's very chuffed about this like very chuffed and obviously not going to meet her in the middle he's totally just going to wait for her to do all the work and like woo him and then you know he's kind of thinking oh yeah well you know maybe you know of course she likes me but maybe I'll get together you know if she begs me enough and you're just like oh dude um and so Xiaoju does she finally gets up the courage to confess to Cheng Long and she runs up to him in the basketball like in the change rooms and he's got like a towel over his head and she wraps her arms around his disgustingly sweaty body because he's just played a game of basketball I might point out and she confesses while like holding him in a back hug and he's just like frozen and then she runs out and she's really happy she finally got up the courage to do it she's so sure that Cheng Lung loves her back and then she like runs out of the change room and runs into Cheng Lung who has you know is obviously walking into the change room <laughs> Um, and realizes that she confessed to the wrong person and it was Lu Xiyi. And Lu Xiyi thinks that it was meant for him and thinks that she likes him. And, you know, obviously all sorts of hijinks happen and all sorts. I'm trying, I said I'd do no spoilers, so that's probably enough. You know, obviously so many more hijinks happen after this point, but I think that seeing Lu Xiyi go through a little bit of heartbreak as he begins to realize that he is not where... Xiaoju's affections are turning like it's actually I feel like it's it's painful for him it's very hard but it's also good for him like I feel like he grows as a person by realizing that he can't just have everything he wants you know he can't just be great at everything like sometimes you've got to work for things um and I really liked that uh, so heaps of like hijinks, um, and, but I think that's all I'll talk about. That's so much. I, but I don't think that's a spoiler, to be honest. Um, that's, you know, some of the key points in the very early romance, but very early, early, early stuff. So a lot more happens after that and before that, to be honest. So, all right. I think that's enough of the setup for A River Runs Through It, 2021 Chinese drama, had 36 episodes. And now I'll talk a little bit about the stuff that I loved. 
All right, so I'm just going to breeze through some spoiler-free stuff that I love before I move into all my spoilery stuff at the end. Um, so stuff I loved about A River Runs Through It. Um, like I said, I love the female lead, Xiaoju. I loved this character. I loved all the stuff with her brother, um, her relationship with her parents, her relationship with herself and her future and her dreams, and also this puppy love for Cheng Long and her unrequited love like I just loved it all and I just thought she was such a charming character and such a great female lead I really really liked her I also loved the focus on her friendships like her like these two boys like even though she likes Cheng Long Cheng Long and Lu Shi Yi are her best friends and her other best friend is Li Tao or Le Tao who's um you know a girl who she's been friends with since high school and the friendship between her, the, her and the two boys and her and her her like friend who's a girl is just so nice. I loved seeing them come through for each other all the time. It was very, very charming to watch. Um, so I loved that. Obviously, I've waxed on about Lu Shi Yi. I thought he was great. I thought the actor was great. And I just really liked the character. I really liked seeing him kind of change and grow, I suppose, and learn how to <laughs> be nice <laughs> to Xiaoju and treat her kindly and well. And he really, like, he steps up his game when he kind of starts realizing that she's into someone else and he, he needs to actually work at that relationship to make it good. Um, there's so many good scenes and all that. I just loved it. I just loved their whole friendship. Like, they're so comfortable with each other um, that it's just, I don't know, it was a joy to watch. I just love those kind of bickering friendship to romance things. It was so much fun. I just think he was a really, really charismatic character and, you know, very handsome dude. <laughs> uh, what else do I got? Uh, so I've just written all the stuff. I just had bickering vibes. Um, the progression of the romance was great. Um, I was definitely rooting for them from the very beginning. Um, I really liked them, but, you know, again, I I'm glad they didn't get together at the very start because I feel like that would not have worked. Um, I really, I don't know, it's a weird thing to say, but like, it's weird to say that I enjoyed, <laughs> I enjoyed Lucy's heartbreak. Um, but it's, you know, these really pivotal moments in the drama when he, you know, realizes that Xiaoju likes someone else, you know, it's really hard hitting for him. It's very intense and painful. And I really liked all those moments in the drama and kind of what they lead to. Um, like I said, so much skinship, like he, Lu Shi Yi is just all over Xiaoju, like all the time. Like it's crazy. Like there's one point she's working she's working in a little supermarket or whatever. And he like, he turns up and he, he'll help her, you know, and he's, very sweet at this point, like helping her with her job. And they bicker the whole time, but it's like he bickers, but everything he does, like all his actions are so sweet and thoughtful all the time. But like he'll turn up and he'll have given her some food and it's just like, you know, she'll turn her back on him to be eating it. And he's just like leaning over her and she's always leaning into him and always grabbing him and pushing him and pulling him. And like, um, he's always, you know, just touching her hair and doing stuff like that. It's just really good. I really love that kind of um, unconscious skin shape. It's really, really fun to watch. Um, what else? Oh, yeah. Just, I, I mean, I liked all the romantic hijinks. Um, his confession, Lucie's confession, uh, I won't go into it because of... Um, you know, spoilers, but I really liked it. I thought it was nice because they do have such a bickering sort of thing going on. It was quite fun to see him peel that back and get quite serious and intense. I really liked it. So that was a cool moment. 
Um, so I liked the themes of unrequited love in this. Um, I don't want to go into it too much because I don't want to spoil, but there's more than just Xiaoju's. There's another unrequited love that I won't say because it was a bit of a interesting for me. Um, but I did really like that stuff. I feel like you're so lucky in this world to like someone who likes you back. Like it's so, there's so many factors in this. And I feel like the unrequited thing is such a normal experience for so many. So I liked seeing it sort of play out in multiple different ways in this show realistically between side characters and between Xiao Zhu and between Lu Xi. I think it was like, it was obviously a real kind of focus, I suppose. Um, I love the other side couples. Um, so obviously Cheng Long has this mad crush on this very beautiful Lin Yu um, at university. And I, I really found all that really interesting and really liked it. Um, and Xiao Zhu's best friend, um, the female best friend, Le Tao, has like she's really I really liked her. She's sort of the only one. Or I guess Cheng Lung does a little bit too, but Li Tao is brave. Like she's cool. She just goes for it. She she kind of thinks she likes someone. She just does something about it. And if something goes wrong, she does something about it. So I found her to be a very impressive character, but I, I still really liked that dynamic between her, who's much more direct and strong really in when it comes to romantic relationships than Xiao Zhu and seeing them and their friendship as they just discuss every aspect of all these things that are happening to them and try and help each other through you know the different romantic problems um so I really love that the first 10 episodes are kind of really just about friendship like there's these hints of romance and you can see that things are there like or will happen but it's really much more about creating this really solid bond between these people and I loved that because I think after the 10th episode when they all go to uni like everything is so romance focused like every single conversation between the characters feels like it's about romance to the point where it's not too much at all I loved it but I felt like it wasn't too much because they had spent so much time in this drama building such a strong foundation for the friendships that now that we switched to romance as our main focus, it didn't ever feel like surface level, I suppose. Like it felt like there was a deep kind of core beneath it all, if that makes any sense. Anyway, I really liked it. Um, I loved that like when they graduate, they go on this beach trip. It's just so charming and lovely and like life affirming is that such a weird like thing to say but you know those moments where you get inspired to live your life well because you see characters in shows like kind of approaching their problems or their fears with bravery and being courageous around things that are frightening in you know things that are, are frightening but that are you know, realistic portrayals of what all of us go through all the time, but characters that are standing up and facing their fears. And I always find that stuff really moving and really inspiring. And maybe that's why I love dramas so much, because I think they're such a like constant reminder to live your life well and to the best of your ability. And they kind of sound so cheesy, but I feel like sometimes they can give you a little bit of strength and joy to try to do those things. That sounds so cheesy, <laughs> uh, but it's true. There you go. Uh, what else? Oh, that's it. I mean, there's so much more I loved. I really, really loved this show. Uh, but I'm going to warn you. So I'm going to talk about stuff I didn't love quite as much now and also the end. So it is major spoilers for the end from now on. Um, but 
for anyone who decides not to listen to the next part because they think they might want to watch it if you haven't already watched it um you should go watch it I think I think it's a very addictive show I literally binged 36 episodes once I started this show uh I don't think I watched much else except for the king's affection (laughs) because I'm really enjoying that one too anyway that's a different thing all right uh that's it for stuff I loved Okay, so stuff that I didn't love quite as much about a river runs through it. Um, But I just want to say that I feel like I have a habit of if I really, really, really love something, like I feel really strongly about it, I can sort of like pinprick the really finer details that kind of bothered me a lot more than I would if I was just kind of like oh yeah man you know like I enjoy this drama but whatever but I feel because I felt so strongly about it like when I was watching this I like obsessive like really obsessive I was like there was just a couple of little kind of nitpicky things at the end I was like oh I wish I just wish they could have tweaked that or done that slightly differently or just had a different thing for that and I feel like I'm going to be a little bit more picky because I loved it so much that sounds weird I should be less picky but I guess this is just the way I am because it's like it was so close to perfect why wasn't it completely perfect but it is really really good so I feel like I would hate for the stuff that I didn't love to put someone off watching the show because the show is worth your time it is so good um and I'm really happy at the end like I do feel really good about like the show obviously. (laughs) Um, All right. So anyway, I'll go into it. Stuff that I didn't love quite as much. Um, There is what I felt was a slightly weird two-year time skip that felt abrupt in the story. And I also, like, I get that what happened, I I get the reason it was there was because they wanted to fast forward so we could see the characters getting to the end of their college years to the point where we charted the first year of their college, like, properly, like every moment was charted. And then we skipped forward two years so we could chart, say, the last six months or whatever of their college experience when, you know, they're all getting to points where they've got to decide, are they going to stay? Are they going to go? Are they going to, like, you know, will they be able to see each other when they're working? All these kind of problems that, you know, come with great change in your life. Um, But it just felt kind of strange to me because it felt like the drama jumped ahead. Some characters had obviously been doing stuff or something had changed dramatically during that time. But I felt for like, I guess, Xiaoju and Lu Xi, it kind of felt like their relationship had just like frozen, (laughs) which didn't feel realistic to me because we kind of saw like a whole year almost of Lu Xi really trying hard to to get Xiaoju to notice that he was into her and having his, like, kind of his heartbroken, you know, this is spoilers, by the way, but getting his heart broken sort of multiple times and, and really kind of, like, I think sort of maturing himself up to be a better dude, as in, like, a better, if he was going to be a boyfriend, he could actually do it now. Um, and then it was, like, it just skips forward two years Cheng Long has been in a relationship with Lin Yu for two years. So Xiaoju knows that she's had no chance with him for two years. And yet Lu Yi, who doesn't realize that it's Cheng Long that she likes, he just thinks that she's given up on whoever it was that she liked. As far as he knows, it's done. It's over. She doesn't even care anymore. And it just didn't make sense to me that he hadn't got up the courage to confess yet because when we kind of catch back up with them he's very like he's thinking about that 
all the time. Like he's thinking about how to confess and what to do all the time. So it just made no sense to me. It felt like it was like a weird thing where they were exactly the same as they'd been two years earlier and nothing had progressed and that just didn't feel like fully realistic to me. But again, it's such a small little thing. It didn't really matter to the point where I was kind of like, I'm just going to pretend that time skip didn't happen (laughs) and we're right back where we were. And then it was fun. Um, So now this is just a personal one. Like this is totally a personal one. This is not a problem with the show. Uh, But personally, like I said before, I really, really... uh, I don't go so much for romances where the girl is like in love with a guy who clearly is indifferent to her for forever. Like, and I didn't mind it in this one with Cheng Lung because Cheng Lung treats Xiao Zhu well. Like he's never mean to her or rude to her. But I think dramas where the female lead is in love with the male lead, but he's a complete asshole to her for years and years and years. I don't like those vibes because it makes me think that she has no self-worth. Like she should slap him upside the head and tell him she's too good for him and walk away if he's going to treat her like that instead of just love him forever until he finally realizes that she's the best thing ever and loves her back. I just, those are not the romances that work for me. So in saying that, this one's very different because Xiao Zhu, you know, she adores Cheng Lung forever, but you can see why. He's nice and he's nice to her and he's kind to everyone and he's a lovely human being. So he's never rude, but at the same time, I guess what I wanted was for either her to kind of make the decision herself to to kind of protect herself and change those feelings or like, you know, cut them off or just try and look after herself a little bit because it's very painful for her to love him as long as she does. Or another kind of story progression that I probably would have enjoyed to see is if, and it, you know, it doesn't happen in it, but if Chang Lung had eventually sort of realized that maybe Xiaoju is a possibility for him, I would have really liked uh, if instead of like Cheng Lung sort of rejecting Xiao Zhu or Xiao Zhu finally realizing that he just, he knows, but he doesn't like her and that's how it is. And therefore that's sort of shut off to her. I would have kind of liked it if that there was still a possibility with Cheng Lung, but Xiao Zhu decided for herself to choose Lu Xiyi as her first option. Because I think in the drama, and I don't think the drama means it too, and it kind of doesn't really like you know, because it's clear to Xiao Zhu that she's not going to be able to get with Cheng Lung ever. Like he just doesn't feel like that around her. Um, he loves her, but he's not in love with her and he'll never be in love with her. And I felt like it's like she realizes that she's sort of rejected and then her feelings begin to turn towards Lu Yi. And I think they already had unconsciously, but it's like consciously then they do. And I kind of wanted her to consciously pick Lu Yi. I felt like Lu Yi deserved to be picked as her first choice not as a well I guess I've been rejected so now that's sort of an option to me and I don't feel like that's really what the drama was trying to do I suppose and I feel like I'm being a bit I don't know I'm being a bit picky about it but just because I think I think I just love Lucy Yu so much and I really wanted him to get picked at some point and he he kind of doesn't for the whole drama he just honestly chases her around non-stop and then he goes away overseas for a million years and then he comes back for no reason that I could understand I'm like dude why are you back I don't understand what changed and then he chases her around and she's just like 
mm, go away, go away. And then eventually, like, you know, he sort of manages to get her to admit that she loves him, which it's obvious that she does. Like, it's obvious she's loved him for a very long time. But I just wanted her to actively choose him because I felt like Lucy was a good enough person and had been through enough hell in trying to woo her that he deserved to sort of get picked and feel really confident about that and not feel like, well, if Cheng Lung had, you know, had returned Xiao Zhu's feelings, then Xiao Zhu would not be interested in Lu Xi whatsoever. <laughs> anyway, Lu Xi. Anyway. Uh, so yes, I loved Lu Xi. Um, so what next? <laughs> uh... I'm just reading my notes where basically I just say all of what I just said, so I probably won't say it again. Um, so I hated, hated that Lu Yi had to go overseas and date that other girl immediately. It, it's like, it's that whole thing when I think dramas are a little bit too long and they've got to keep the couple apart till the very end. So this is a drama where they're very much kept apart till the very, very end because I guess, you know, sometimes as a writer, if you get your couple together, it sucks all the tension out of the, you know, will they, won't they, when will they kind of question, which is the hook, you know, that's the hook that you watch a show like this for because you want to see them get together. So if they get together and there's still 10 episodes left, then you're like, well, what do I watch it for? You know, they're just going to break apart or whatever. So I felt like this had kind of, kind of a annoying where Lucy has to, you know, he, and I got why he went. He goes overseas because he's like, he's seriously chasing Xiaoju. He's confessed to her. He's gone all out. He's being really, really like, really strong about it to the point where at points you're like, dude, I feel like you need to back off a tiny bit. Um, but he's really hitting on her. And then of course, right when her feelings begin to change towards him and he, she begins to realize that she does love him. He gets his heart broken because he kind of realizes that he made a mistake, um, about something in the past that he thought meant that she liked him when really she, he's realizing it meant that she liked Cheng Long and not him. So he just kind of like pisses off and goes overseas and he doesn't tell her and he doesn't say goodbye to her. He just like literally disappears um, to study overseas and she's really upset. So she tries to call him and then when she calls him, this other girl picks up and they're obviously in the same space together and this other girl's like, I'm her, his her his boyfriend girlfriend what am I trying to say this other girl reckons that she's Lucy's you know girlfriend and she's a character that sort of pops up a little bit that we know he's just not interested in at all and this is never explained I'm like is this girl who claims to be Lucy's girlfriend is she lying or is she crazy or is Lucy literally just got with her within two minutes of going overseas even though we happen to know as watchers of the drama that he doesn't like her even the smallest bit because that is also uncool <laughs> and then so we never find out and then it skips forward like I don't know how many years like five years or six years and again I'm always like oh, I hate dramas where people can't just be happy like earlier in their lives. I just want them to get together immediately and just be happy forever. But anyway, so they're all working and living their best lives, doing their stuff or whatever. And Xiaoju's, you know, she's figured out what she wants to do and she's really great at it. And then suddenly Lu Xi turns back up and he's, you know, he's a high flying doctor man now or whatever. And he turns up and he 
I don't know, he just teases the fuck out of her. He's like, oh, I've got a girlfriend and it's not you. And like, they just go into this mad fighting sort of stage where they're fighting at each other and yelling at each other. And like part of it, you're like, yay, I'm just so glad they're on screen together again because I love these guys. And then another part of me is like, I feel like when this couple like they kind of hate each other at the very start of the drama, but they're very immature, they're teens. So it's never like too much or annoying. I really like it. But then they go to uni and he begins to change enough that they have all these moments of this very like beautiful friendship where they treat each other really well. They're really thoughtful of each other. They work really, really hard to help each other and make each other happy. And then we flash forward to when they're both adults and it felt like they'd reverted back to their teen years, except now they're adults and I had no patience for it. So even though part of me loved it just because I was so excited that they're like back on the screen and clearly they're going to get together. Another part of me was like, I wish he could be nicer to her, (laughs) but he couldn't. Um, And so they just fight and then she's really angry with him. And I'm kind of like, I don't even know why she's this angry. She's clearly completely in love with him and he is teasing the fuck out of her. But also he's clearly there for her like it's very obvious um and then they have a kiss scene which is great but that's was that what I was talking about the kiss scene was pretty great but it was too fucking short I couldn't believe that I waited so long for this kiss scene and then it's like they show it and right when he's like starting to fully kiss her back and that's the point where you've been waiting for like 36 episodes to see this man kiss her and it's happening and it looks great it's super swoony like mouth is moving like very great and then it just it stops and I was like what so I did rewind it but also there was not enough of that kiss whatsoever um was that what I was talking about probably probably that was one of my biggest problems was that they moved the camera away from this like very intense moment this big moment this big kiss and I didn't get to watch like it for more than probably two seconds three seconds I don't know anyway um so yeah is that it yeah oh my point was (laughs) I did have a point you guys my point was that I hated the overseas thing because Lushi goes overseas and Xiaoju calls this one time and you know the girl picks up so she's like oh well I guess you know he doesn't love me and I better never call him again even though she knows that he loves her she needs to be brave and tell him but anyway so I kind of get that she doesn't like you know it's not like they're on have all the different you know technologies or whatever to like you know, see what each other's up to and all that kind of stuff. So she just cuts off communication with him because she's heartbroken. So fair enough. But then Cheng Lung, who is Lu Xiyi's best friend, and Cheng Lung knows that Xiao Zhu is in love with uh, Lu Xiyi at this point. And he's clearly in contact with his best friend. I don't get why Cheng Lung isn't like, call him up like, hey, Lu Xiyi, guess what? She loves you. I think you better do something about it because she's being an idiot and she's not. But anyway, that's fine. slightly annoying but it was fine um so I've just written kissing oh my gosh as in why was there not more of it (laughs) and I do feel like the ending was a tiny bit abrupt and I feel that's only because we waited so long to see them get together they get together in this big like hugely sort of romantic confession scene which was really really nice I really liked it um I must say like I prefer the really quiet private quiet moments of like love confession more so than like big scenes in front of like a thousand clapping randoms but it was really nice and it was really nice seeing Lucy's like face when she finally says yes to him that she loves him and he's just like the relief on this poor man's face so I really liked that um 
And I really, really liked their first kiss, um, even though she was very drunk and he wasn't, which again, I'm like, mm, I think it was okay. I was like thinking about the ethics of it afterwards for quite a while. And I was like, yeah, but like, he knows that she loves, she, she, he knows that she loves him and, and he knows that she kissed him first. Like she instigated it. He didn't instigate it at all. In fact, he was like trying to kind of stop it a little bit. Um, so I was really like <laughs> delving deep into the ethics of that one, but I think it it was okay because they were clearly in love and I feel like I feel like nothing was ever going to happen unless Xiaoju had a little bit of liquid courage in her which is why I think they finally got their shit together and got together was because the girl was a little bit drunk um so there's that I did really like the kiss though it was really good um what else um, so I guess some stuff that I liked at the very end, again, spoilery to the max. Um, I really liked that Lin Yu left and didn't end up with Cheng Lung. I thought that was really surprising. I kept thinking that their romance, like Cheng Lung's crush on this girl at uni, I really thought it would work out. And it really surprised me where that went and the decisions that she made. And then even at the very last scene, when we see her again, who she's with someone else instead of the guy that we thought she would be with. And I really liked all of it because, again, I feel like a different drama would have painted Lin Yu as a bad person you know, as a bad girl or something. And I really like that this one didn't. They just let her go do what she needed to do. And I didn't feel like there was any judgment on any of it. And, you know, as there shouldn't be at all. But I think, oh, I just feel like some dramas have this like evil second female lead kind of vibe that I really, you know, doesn't feel very progressive or good for women. So I really liked it. And I really liked Lin Yu. And I felt like even though it was really sad, it kind of felt like it again, realistic or something. I don't know. It touched me. Um, I also really liked that a similar sort of thing happened with, uh, you know, Xiaoju's best friend, the female best friend, Le Tao. Uh, Li Tao, I don't know how to pronounce her name. So I, that was the side character that I really liked. And she sort of just goes, you know, after this boy at, at uni that she really likes. And he sort of, um, you know, wants to be a rock star or a pop star or whatever. And she really helps him. And then he kind of fucks her over and starts like sort of seeing a different girl. And, and Le Tao's just like, she's cool. She's, I don't know, she has so much self-worth that she knows not to stick around if someone's not treating her well. And I thought that was so impressive. She just cuts it off and then she never sort of, you know, they kind of get to a point where they're able to, she's able to let go of her anger, I suppose, and remember that there were good times, that he treated her well at times. And he's, you know, he knows that he totally fucked up. And so he's completely heartbroken for the rest of his life, basically. And she just goes on and, you know, she has this self-worth and she manages to find someone who loves her and covets her and she gets married and she's really happy. And I just thought that was quite lovely. And particularly like, you know, the guy she marries is a dude from, you know, earlier in the drama. And that's really nice as well. Uh, and that's it. That's it. You know, a big romantic gesture at the end, uh, a nice kiss, a much longer kiss, but the camera was like swirling around behind the head. So I couldn't like, you know, those kisses in dramas where the camera angle is such that you just like see the back of someone's head. And I'm like, they could not be kissing for all I know. This could be two actors sort of just standing close to each other. Like it's not that romantic unless you can see it and I'm a big fan of the kiss scenes particularly like if you've been waiting 36 episodes to see it so the kind of the drunk bed kiss scene was even though it was way too short it was really good and therefore 
it was worth my time. <laughs> all right. I've talked so much. Um, so that's it. That's all I'm, all I'm going to say. I said everything that there was to possibly say about the Chinese drama, A River Runs Through It from 2021. What a special drama. I thought it was really beautiful. I really loved it. And I feel a little bit excited to delve into other Chinese dramas now. Um, where am I going to find the time for this? I just don't know. Wow. All right. I'm done. I'm done talking about this, this, this drama. <laughs> brings me to the very end of this week's very weird episode that wasn't even about K-drama. <laughs> what is that about? Um, I don't know. Um, I hope you enjoyed it if you listened to the end. Um, I certainly enjoyed uh, getting all of that off my chest. I felt like I probably would have just, you know, I don't know, combusted if I hadn't. So <laughs> that's why there's a whole episode about C-drama here. Uh, so next week I will be back uh, with lots of fun guests actually I'm very excited about next week um, so we've got lots to talk about um, about K-drama and I think a little bit C-drama as well so I hope you'll tune in next week for a new episode um, thank you so very much for listening today um, thank you so much for following along with this podcast um, and as always, the most enormous thank you to all those people who've chosen to support the show on Patreon. You guys are really, really amazing. And I love, I love interacting with you guys. And I love hearing all your suggestions for stuff to watch. And I love hearing your guest gavel. So thank you all so, so much for your time and your support. It's amazing. Uh, and it definitely, definitely encourages me to keep pushing through with this podcast, even when things get very busy. So thank you very much for your support. All right, uh, that's it from me. I'm off. I'm going to head away this week and um, I hope everyone has a lovely week going forward. Bye.